0: New Sacramento Kings guard Matthew DeLaVadova plays such intense on-ball defense in practice that in his time with the Cleveland Cavaliers, he actually pissed off Kyrie Irving to the point that they almost came to blows. I'll have that full story for you told by Evan Damarell from the Locked On Cavs podcast right here on Locked On Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And
1: now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On King.
0: Hello and welcome to the Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports reporter uh, and producer at ABC 10 News here in the California capital. And look, Matthew De a f- solid signing. I did a podcast a couple episodes ago talking about the signing overall and we know, look, more than likely Delavadova is coming here to Sacramento to be a, a third string point guard who if the Kings if things are going well for the Sacramento Kings, he won't play very much. And that sounds insulting. It's really not. Like when you're behind DeAaron Fox who's your star, when you're behind Davion Mitchell who some are looking at as the sixth man uh for this Kings roster you won't be playing much. And if you are playing, that means that either something is going wrong with the two of them, or maybe the Kings aren't in the position that they expected to be. Maybe the, either one of those guys isn't playing as well as they need to, need to, especially defensively. So we always have realistic expectations here, or we try to have realistic expectations, unless it's me talking about last year's Kings team, right? And how good I thought they were going to be and how dreadful they were. Maybe went a little over the top there. But in this case, with Matthew della look, I know he's not going to come in And I don't expect him to come in and be the guy who helped the Cleveland Cavaliers win the 2016 NBA championship. But we still think that he can be something for this roster. When the Kings need him to play, he should be ready to go. We'll see. If he actually makes the team, he's definitely going to be a training camp invite. And actually there was some clarification uh, on his contract situation. He has a partial guarantee of $250,000 on his uh, contract. If he's not waived, before, or rather, if he is waived before the first game of the season, then he gets $250,000. The rest of his contract is not guaranteed. If he makes it to the first game of the season, still is on the team, then his contract converts into the full $2.63 million uh, guaranteed. So that's the situation with his contract. The expectation as of now, I don't see another third-point guard on this Kings team at this point in time. Maybe one emerges in training camp and Dele Vidova just doesn't have it. And he doesn't make the team. That's, of course, possible. But I expect Deli to be on the roster. Come opening night. I don't expect him to play on opening night. I expect him to be on the roster. I expect him to be a third point guard. So we talked a little bit about what he brings, and Evan Damarell from uh Locked On Cavs, he's going to share with us a little bit of what he brings, but mainly the story that Evan is going to share about how Matthew Vadova used his defensive effort and tenacity to one piss off. Kyrie Irving and to actually make the team a lot of because he pissed off Kyrie so much on a daily basis. It's a great story. So Evan's going to tell that story. He's also going to weigh in uh, his thoughts on on this Sacramento Kings team as a whole. He's going to talk about the possibility of of um, Delvadova being an extension of Mike Brown. He's going to share how Delavadova really was a Mike Brown guide when Brown was in Cleveland, and some really interesting stuff at the very end of the interview. We talk about if the Sacramento Kings were to have a season similar to what the Cleveland Cavaliers had last season where they won 44 games, but actually lost in the play in round and didn't make the playoffs. How, how was that season Was it easy or difficult to take from a Cleveland perspective? Is it considered a success because no one expected Cleveland to be a 44-win team? Or was it a failure because they did all that regular season work and ultimately it didn't result in anything because they lost when the games mattered the most? We're going to discuss that at the end of this interview as well. But for right now, please enjoy my conversation with one of the great hosts of the Locked on Cavs podcast, Evan Damarell. The Sacramento Kings' newest signing, Matthew Dellavedova, is best known for his championship appearance with the Cleveland Cavaliers back in 2016, but even with his time with the Milwaukee Bucks, he was known as a very aggressive, sometimes annoying on-ball defender, and I'm excited to bring Evan Damarell from the Locked On Cavaliers podcast here to Locked On Kings to talk a little bit more about what Delhi provided during that time, he spent a year outside of the NBA, really two years if you if you want to include the injury-riddled season uh, that he had his final season uh, in Cleveland. But Evan, welcome to Locked on Kings, my friend. I'm very excited to talk to you about this. You have an actual great Del Vido- uh, Dova story to tell. and We'll get to that a little bit later on, but I'll start with this. What are the Kings getting in Matthew Delvadova?
1: Well, let's be frank. He, he, he is a quality... I wouldn't say high quality, but quality break glass in case of emergency point guard. If there's an injury on your, in your roster, in your lineup, or if things just happen to go completely awry, he can set the table for you. He can play competent defense. He can provide playmaking. He shoots like a trebuchet, but sometimes he'll hit three pointers. And more often than not, he doesn't, but he is a quality veteran point guard. And I think More so what you're getting from him at this point, and we talked about this before we started recording a little bit, but I actually did a feature on Deli back when Cleveland drafted Darius Garland when I was the Forbes, and I asked him just straight up that, hey, you are the third guard on this team. What are you hoping to bring to the table and he's like, well, obviously I'm, I'm available if they need me. Like if the, yes, it was John Palin, just to date this a little bit more. Um, I'm available if the coaching staff needs me, but more than anything, he wants to share what he learned as a younger player from guys like LeBron, who he's just like, Hey, I got to learn how to take care of my body, right? How to maximize practice. I think you're going to get a lot more veteran input and a positive locker room influence, but on the court, at least, like I said, he is a break glass in case of emergency kind of point guard, or if there's like an injury, there's worse options you could have out there. Like Cavs fans watched Kevin Pangos last year, and I think they'd much rather have Matthew Delvadova at some point. It's
0: the the expectations for Vedova here in Sacramento, I think are extremely realistic, which is, I, I like that. And I know some, uh, it was, pretty much between Matthew Della and Quinn cook for this third point guard spot. At least the, both of them uh, worked out for uh, the the Sacramento Kings in Las Vegas during summer league. And, it seems like they went more of a defensive route than an offensive route, and more of a veteran route in taking Delavadova over Quinn Cook, both of which who have spent time working with and working under uh, Mike Brown. Although Brown wasn't the head coach uh, for for Quinn Cook in, in Golden State, but you mentioned we were talking a little bit off the air. You mentioned that Delavadova became a Mike Brown guy. What does that mean specifically, and what was it about Mike Brown, or rather Delavadova, that Mike really was interested in?
1: Well, Mike Brown is really a defensive first coach. I think, especially during his time at Cleveland, like he really wanted to become a defensive first team. I I wonder how it's going to work in Sacramento with a lot of the pieces they do have, and I think it's going to be an interesting test for Mike. But Delhi at least he was an undrafted free agent out of St. Mary's, so like that that's helpful too. He's not too far from where he went to college as well, which is nice in Sacramento, but. He impressed the coaching staff enough during summer league. He actually ticked off Kyrie Irving during pickup in Vegas, which we can talk about that a little bit more too, but he impressed Mike Brown enough to earn a spot at the very back end of the roster. And I think just circumstances just fell in his lap, whether it was injuries just because Kyrie was often injured during his time early on in Cleveland and just in general, but delhi just kind of worked his way into the rotation in the lineup and he's more of a mike brown guy because he is a hard nosed tough nosed i mean lunch pail guy you can use all the stereotypes you want about him type of player where he's gonna bust his butt on defense for you and he's going to be pesky the full length of the court and he's just going to aggravate you and annoy you and like you said it was more of a veteran move more of a defensive move and i think if you like again, if he's a table setting point guard, but if he plays defense and he hustles on every possession, I think that's that's more endearing and more viable from your third point guard, I would say, versus a guy like Quinn Cook, who also played for the Cavs, but was a little up and down t- at times offensively and maybe looked a little overwhelmed by the moment. And like again, you just want a guy who's competent enough and he knows who he is as a player too. He's not gonna do too much out there on the floor.
0: All right, we're ready for this uh, this Della Vadova-Kyrie Irving story. What happened here?
1: So rumor has it, and I was reading a story from Dave McMenamin back in the day, too, to really put it in place, but this was after Delhi I I wouldn't say locked up Steph Curry, but frustrated Steph Curry enough during the NBA Finals that he became something of legend in Cleveland, and Dave McMenamin did a feature on him, and he was just asking a lot of the guys, and Tristan Thompson shared that he had to break up Kyrie and Delhi a lot during training camp in 2013 because they would start to get close to exchanging blows with one another <laughs> during camp just because Della Vadova, again, was trying to make the team, just trying to prove he belonged to the NBA. And if you have a defensive first coach like Mike Brown, the best way to do it is play defense. And if you are tasked with guarding arguably the team's best player, why not defend him the full length of the court? And Kyrie claimed he was fouling him every single possession, but I think Delhi would say it the other way, of course. So... Delhi just played hard nosed defense on Kyrie every single possession, the full length of the court. It was frustrating enough that Kyrie like, actually wanted to throw hands with him. And <laughs> Delhi then kind of made the team that way just because, again, he's a pesky defender. He knows who he is as a player. And there's certainly something endearing about that where he's just a scrappy dude. And I think the fact that he wanted to make an impression that way. Cause you don't see a lot of rookies trying to make an impression on a coaching staff through defense. Like, I think that kind of speaks Testament to who he is as a player too. And he, he's a good guy. Like I, like he's, he's interesting. He's really dry. He's really quiet and soft spoken, but when he does speak, it's usually very poignant and thoughtful when he does have to share any insight on just any situation in general.
0: But for clarification, did, Delhi and Kyrie, did their relationship improve that once they really yeah. became teammates and got into the season, or was there some bad blood still throughout practice? I,
1: I don't think there was bad blood after a while. I think it became a point of respect on Kyrie's part where this guy just kept coming at him over and over and over with the same ferocity, the same intensity. And I think especially when LeBron came back and Kyrie was out for quite a while, or when he broke his kneecap in the NBA Finals and Delhi was just kind of. Dropped into the starting lineup and still performed. You get a lot of respect from the guys in that locker room because he didn't seem overwhelmed by the moment because he's on the, the the basketball's biggest stage at that point. And yeah, I think it's just there was a little bit of bitterness between the two because Deli's fighting for a job and Kyrie's just like this dude needs to back off because he he's annoying. And I think there just became a mutual respect between the two because they're both competitors. And I think that's something you like. And if you look at a guy like Deer and Fox or any of the guards on King, the Kings roster right now, if Delhi's just frustrating them and trying to maximize and push them to be better than what they were last season, I think that's a really good thing too. And I think that's something you may get from him now.
0: So here's the million dollar question though, Evan, is is that effort that Delhi plays with, is that only when he's on the biggest stage, like playing in the playoffs and the NBA finals, guarding a Steph Curry, guarding a Kyrie, guarding the biggest names of the NBA? Or do you think, That's something that Deli is capable of doing and will do on a daily or nightly basis in Sacramento, especially when he's not likely to play very much. He's behind De'Aaron Fox, he's behind Davion Mitchell. There's some other guards, even if they're shooting guards, that might get opportunity uh, to play over him in that third point guard spot. Although he's very much, like you said, a, a break glass in case of emergency type player. So is it fair to expect Matthew Delvedova to play with that intensity and energy that we've seen on the defensive end for a smaller franchise that hasn't been in the playoffs for almost two decades and that doesn't have a superstar on their roster for him to pester?
1: I think that's you're absolutely going to get that from him because let's be frank, when LeBron left town the second time around, the Cavs were objectively terrible, and as they stripped things down, Delhi did Come back eventually because he did leave for Milwaukee for a little bit and then he was traded back, um, I believe, as part of the George Hill trade, if I remember correctly. But I could be wrong on that one as well. But either way, that cap scene was objectively terrible and Delhi still came in and hustled his butt off on a night to night basis. And like you said, he may not be getting a ton of minutes just because there's younger, better, probably more talented guards ahead of him in the rotation to begin with. And that's kind of how it was in Cleveland, especially when they had Darius Garland, Colin Sexton. Eventually, Isaac Okoro. There's a lot of guys ahead of him. And again, he was just like that break glass in case of emergency. And if you have younger guards, you sometimes get a little overwhelmed. It's good to have a veteran out there, too. But to answer your question, yeah, if he's not getting minutes on a night-to-night basis, I think he's going to be more than aware of that's the reality of the situation. It's not just the fact that it's the NBA Finals or the NBA's biggest stage. There's just every night he hustles played, and I think there's plenty of times where he was just frustrating opponents on the defensive side of the ball, which is how he was kind of harassing people the full length of the court. And towards the end of his second stint with the Cavs, he maybe didn't play as much. Like you mentioned, his last year with Cleveland, he was often injured, and he was still a positive locker room impact guy, like was in the ears of a lot of the young guards and just helping them, like letting them pick his brain, and then he would just give them their input and in what he was seeing as well. So I think he's just going to be an overall positive impact guy. And if he does play, I think he'll get a lot of hustle, whether it's 10 minutes a night sometimes, or even like if he gets – 10 DNP coaches decisions in a row then he just happens to like, get a random game. Like you're going to see a little bit of hustle. Maybe the athleticism and the uh, overall basketball talent may not be there as much just because he's a little older and a little more seasoned, but you're going to get something that's entertaining. You're going to see a guy who's probably going to endear himself to a lot of Sacramento fans quickly.
0: Is there a scenario in your mind where it makes sense that that Della could almost become an extension of Mike Brown, whether it's in practice or on the bench, someone who is going to preach the same philosophy that Mike Brown brings and is an assistant. He's not an assistant coach, but he almost takes a coaching role with some of these players who, quite frankly, in Sacramento need to be held accountable to play with effort on the defensive end consistently.
1: I think that's a good way to look at it. If you want to really pencil in his role, if he makes the final roster with the Kings, he could be a bridge between the coaching staff and the roster, where he's talking to guys in the locker room. He's telling them what he sees, especially just like the young stable, especially Davian Mitchell and Deere and Fox, like those two, because mm-hmm. those are going to be your key guards long term if you're the Kings here. And Deli can kind of just see what, tell them what he sees and says, like, hey we need you to be doing this. Like we need to expect more of you. Like he's a guy who's not afraid to kind of not not necessarily get in your face and like scream at you and yell at you and poke his finger in your chest and stuff. But like pull you aside and coolly and calmly tell you like, hey, you're doing X, Y, and Z wrong. You were in the wrong spot on this time in this possession of this play. You kind of broke the sequence here. Like keep people accountable and hold them in check. And I think the fact that he is a veteran guard and I think he has, the track record of being in the nba finals numerous times having an nba championship under his belt as well like that gives him a little bit of like clout and respect in the locker room like he's not necessarily going to be like your star guard obviously he's not going to come in and be like that high impact kind of player but he can make an impact in that way and yeah i absolutely think he could hold his younger teammates accountable to kind of keep them in check and kind of keep them in perspective because it's easy to get caught up in some of these minute details and maybe he can just kind of pull them back and say like, you need to look at the bigger picture a little bit too.
0: Today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by BetOnline. Betonline BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. That's Online. Find reviews and news of every single league, including MLB Baseball right uh, now. Uh, You have the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, combat sports, esports, golf. They have it all all including a lot of really fun prop side and future bets that you can be playing right now in regards to the Sacramento Kings in regards to like where Kevin Durant and uh, Davion or rather Donovan Mitchell end up. Uh, You can bet on who you think is going to win the NBA championship. There's fun future bets right now out there for the NFL. So much great stuff at bet online. They continue to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting scores and podcasts. They have you Covered. Head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening right now. Bet online, where the game starts. Stepping away from the Della Vedova conversation to a more broad Kings and Cavaliers conversation. Last season, the Cavaliers have a, a 44 win season. It ends. I, you know, it ends roughly, right? For a team that had so much going for them to be to be knocked out in the play-in rounds, and a a topic of conversation amongst like sports radio here in Sacramento has been, hey, would Kings fans, would you take the season that the Cavs had last year for the Kings this year, which is a team that kind of surprised, a team that at one point was towards the top of the standings in the Eastern Conference, a team that was above 500, they get to the play-in. And ultimately, they fall short on that stage. But with the expectation, right, That and I, I'm speaking for you here, Evan. I'm speaking for Cleveland fans. I imagine the expectation is, okay, now they're going to build upon that this year, whether it's in win total or getting there and being successful this time. So th- there's been kind of a debate here in Sacramento. Fans going, yeah, mm-hmm. I would absolutely take that season. And other fans going, well, what the hell's the point of that season if you get to where you want to be and then – it all falls apart. And, and some would say the Cleveland Cavaliers kind of fell apart towards the end of last season. If you were a Kings fan analyzing it as someone who went through that, was it really tough to go through or was it still a very exciting, positive year that gives you more excitement and hope heading into this upcoming season?
1: So I'll be frank. My listeners remind me of this quite a bit. Um, I had zero expectations going into last season for the Cavs just because They were coming off multiple bad years. Historically speaking, they are not a successful franchise unless LeBron James is on the roster. For reference, they hadn't made the playoffs without LeBron since the 97-98 season. So the fact that they were knocking on that door was really exciting. I think during All-Star with Jared Allen and Darius Garland representing the team, too, was really cool. And Allen really had a good quote that he shared with me, actually, where he said, you know, we take a lot of pride in the fact that we're the first non-LeBron team since 97, 98, which some of the guys in the roster weren't even alive for at that point to make the playoffs, just to make me feel a little older when he said that too. But if you're Sacramento, and as a team who has not made the playoffs in quite a while now, I think taking those proper steps to reaching the play in tournament and be let's be frank, the Cavs just unfortunately were banged up towards the end of the year. I think they kind of gassed themselves out. They're asking a lot of guys to play above what their expectations were to begin with, just because guys like Ricky Rubio and Colin Sexton went down and then Allen was out for a while. Mobley was out and Garland was dealing with nagging back issues. Like there was a lot of things that kind of just went against Cleveland uh, heading into the end of the season. And then they unfortunately had to draw the Brooklyn nets and then the, the, former right. Eastern conference finalist Atlanta Hawks in the play-in tournament. So it's, it's a tough ass to get up for, but if you're the Kings, you have a good foundation with De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis and you have Davian Mitchell. And I know like Harrison Barnes, I think is a great role, constant professional and great role player too. Like you have a lot of good pieces here. You just have to find the right guy to kind of make it blend and work together as a coach, tactically speaking, maybe Mike Brown's the right guy for that. And maybe you don't run before you can walk and maybe the walk for the Kings is just getting to that play and turn spot. Maybe you fight in and get in as the eighth of the seventh seed, if you're lucky enough, and then you have a best of seven series in the first round and you just hope for the best. But, but at least for me, if I was a guy covering the Kings where like the expectations are kind of tepid, but I think maybe a little bit higher just because I'm high on this Kings team to begin with. Um Good. I, I'd be I'd be thinking that's a realistic scenario for them to kind of maybe be the Cavaliers. Um, the Cavs can realistically be a playing team again this season just because the Eastern Conference leveled up quite a bit, and there is certainly right. the upper echelon of teams in the East that just kind of make it hard to crack through to begin with. So, I think just it, it helps a lot. I think this is a valuable experience if you're a young and impressionable team, and then. I wouldn't necessarily say expectations. Like, yes, there's going to be the onset of expectations, but you can only control what you can control. And what you can control is just what you face on a night to night basis too. So like, it's easy to get obsessed with the end results, but you need to focus on what's ahead of you. And I think the Cavs certainly learned that a lot. Uh, Darius Garland, they had a really, really, really bad loss to the Pistons towards the end of the last season. And Darius just kind of snapped at the media and said like, Hey, we haven't been here before. So like a lot of us are kind of overwhelmed by this too. So I think, those learning experiences are really valuable if you're a team like the kings too and i think just having the or being able to be in that position is valuable and then you just continue to build upon that momentum and success and then maybe you wait for some of these older teams to phase out a little bit and then you pluck yourself back in place or maybe you break through the following year
0: I'm going to end with a quick two-part question. One, why are you high on the Sacramento Kings team? And two, you saw a lot of DeMontis Sabonis playing for the Pacers in the Central Division. What do you think a full season of DeMontis Sabonis does for De'Aaron Fox and the Kings?
1: You actually hit the nail on the head. The reason I'm high on the Kings are because of Fox and Sabonis. That's a very, very fun one-two punch. I think that's a good place to be if you are Sacramento. I think they have like Damian Mitchell's interesting to me. I like Harrison Barnes a lot too. I, I, I think Mike Brown's a great guy. Um, I question some of his offensive scheming, but maybe if he puts the right coaches in place to maybe enable the team offensively, he can handle the defensive stuff. They could be a pretty balanced roster. And it's just the tandem of Fox and Sabonis kind of leading the charge on this Kings roster that just makes this a really fun team in terms of a bonus, just unlocking things for Fox. Like he can be a, he can be a distributor. He at the elbow, he can provide you spacing. He provides you defense, he can provide you rebounding. He obviously can provide you a scoring punch too. Like he can do a lot of interesting things for this Kings team that kind of will just relieve a lot of the pressure Deer and Fox faces. And maybe, if you work on the spacing aspect as well, like this is something I think the Cavs really ran into issues with as well, just playing Mowgli and Allen together. If yeah. you're able to relieve the some of the pressure Fox faces defensively, it's gonna just make his life so much easier offensively, where he can just kind of kill teams with his speed and with his athleticism. And they're gonna be a pretty fun one-two punch. I think just the kings were a little bit of an odd situation last year, just in terms of coaching, but They're in a good place. I think Mike Brown is just like a good coach who just will maximize the potential of some of the players in this roster. Hopefully all the players in this roster and we'll be having a better conversation about the Kings. We can check back in on them towards the end of the season and maybe they'll be one of the more surprising teams this year. So yeah, I'm high on them. And it's like you said, it's Fox. It's a bonus. And then I like Mike Brown too. Like, I think he's a good guy and I think he's a good coach.
0: Well, let's make a deal: Kings, Cavs, NBA Finals, and we'll go from there. Let's start there. How about that?
1: <laughs> I don't know if it, I don't know if an Adam Silver's NBA they can handle that. Actually, that's not true. After after Bucks stuns kind of rocking everybody's world, but yeah, I think anything's possible at this point.
0: It'd be pretty entertaining. But Evan, you do a great job over at the Locked On Cavs podcast. Really appreciate you taking the time. Best of luck to your Cavaliers this season. I know we still got a ways to go before even training camp begins. We're in the dead part right now, but you still made time, and I appreciate that. So thank you, my friend. Big thank you to Evan for joining me here on Locked on Kings today. Really appreciated his stories. Really appreciated having him on his insight and his perspective on the Sacramento Kings. There's plenty of stuff to respond to. Please do so. You can do that on Twitter at Sack. You can email me sports at gmail.com. And you can leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. And of course, if you're ever curious or every single year I pick a Eastern Conference team to follow, right? I highly encourage you to do that. If you're a Kings fan, pick a team in the East. And if the Cavaliers happen to be that team, make sure you listen to Locked On Cavs, what Evan does uh, over there. He does fantastic work. So uh, check that show out. Thank you for continuing to listen to Locked On Kings. Check out the rest of the great uh, Locked On Podcast Network. If you're a baseball fan, there's tons of Locked On MLB content out there for you. Of course, NFL contact, college content, fantasy content, just so much out there for you to enjoy, but make sure you keep uh, returning here to Locked On Kings. Really appreciate your support. Have more great content coming for you as we continue to get through this driest period of the off season. Soon we'll have training camps to talk about. Soon we'll be talking about preseason and getting ready for the regular season. Cannot wait for that. But for now, thank you so much for listening. My name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.